Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay, we're live. I'm just going to take a second, let it breathe for just a bit here, make sure we're rolling across all channels. We are. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast, presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, and with me, as always, is my partner in crime, my fellow football priest. You know him. You love him. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, we were slightly delayed going live here tonight by about 10 minutes because literally right before we were about to hit the old go live button, Demarcus Walker decided to tweet something extremely cryptic that required me to not only analyze it, required us to analyze it, I should say, but I had to get a quick story up on it because it had the the ambiance, the feeling of something imminent coming. Let me just read to everybody here what he said from uh, John sent me this. He tweeted Demarcus Walker about 35 minutes ago. This is on the day the Broncos have already cut eight players. We're going to get to that here in just a minute. Sometimes God's best gift to us is getting us out. Zach, what the heck does that mean? 
It means that if he's not already out, Chad, this tweet is probably going to do it. I mean, the, the acquisition of Jarrell Casey, the re-signing of Shelby Harris, the acquisition of Christian Covington does not bode well for Demarcus Walker's status with the team. He never really we're, – we're two of his biggest fans, Chad, you and I, but he never really broke out as a second-round pick. He never really hit his potential with the Broncos, and that's two different coaching staffs. So I think he sees the writing on the wall. I think he knows his future in Denver is very tenuous right now, to say the least. And he's trying to expedite expedite that process before camp gets going. No preseason. They're going to have a ramp-up period. If he's going to be released, now is in his best interest to latch on elsewhere. But I just I think he knows it's coming probably soon. It just feels that way. And it's kind of frustrating in our defense. One of the reasons why we've maintained at least an optimistic kind of tonality with regard to Demarcus Walker is even before last year when Vic Fangio got here, Every time he'd been on the field, which albeit was not very often, but when he was on the field, he found ways with small sample sizes, small exposures to snaps to make an impact. He was always around the ball, harassing quarterbacks, just he flashed. And then last year, early on in the season, it looks like he's finally found his groove. The right coach came in, the right scheme, getting the, 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 the volume of looks, the volume of snaps. He produces four sacks and then promptly gets in the doghouse and we really, he kind of just disappears into the background, never to really be seen down the stretch in any kind of meaningful way. It doesn't really make sense. We don't know exactly what happened other than to kind of, you know, it's apocryphal, it's buzz, it's rumor that he kind of has a a sense of entitlement, right? That he's a little in love with himself perhaps because of his production at Florida state, whatever the case might be, if they do end up moving on from him, which it wouldn't be a complete shock as much as it would maybe disappoint you and I, I still would have the feeling Zach that there's a little bit of unfinished business there because he's got, you know, he was a second round pick of this team just three years ago and he's going into a contract year coming off a career best, which I get it. It's not saying a lot, but he showed like he was a good fit for Fangio. Every time he's around the ball, Chad, he makes plays. Even going back to Vance Joseph's system, every time he rushes the passer, he ends up around the football. You can't teach that. The reason he's in the doghouse is not his physical talents. It has to be something he's doing behind the scenes in practice, maybe not practicing hard enough, maybe not jiving with his teammates, maybe causing some friction between the coaches. I don't know what the situation is, but that's two different staffs now, two different regimes are both kind of turning the page on Demarcus Walker. I don't know what the situation is. All I do know is if they do release him, they would save about $1.156 million against the salary cap, and they would have to eat about 457000 in dead money. That's a fairly decent trade-off at this juncture, Chad, with revenue being lost and the cap going down for next season. Their teams are going to pinch every penny they can get. So if they want to move on, at least they have some financial incentive to do so. I mean, if you look at what they have, you you did a good job with you got Jarrell Casey coming in. We know he's he's already earmarked as a starter. And in fact, he made it on the NFL's <clears throat> excuse me, top 100 list. I think he was number 71 or something like that. Aside from Vaughn Miller, I'm sure Vaughn will be on it. Maybe Cortland Sutton. I'm not sure. Maybe Philip Lindsay. I don't know that there'll be any other Broncos on the list this year. However, back to the additions, Jarrell Casey, Christian Covington, McTelvin Ajim. You've got Jonathan Harris from last year, who Vic Fangio seems to like quite a bit, that he saw little action late in the season. So there's a lot of talent there. Meanwhile, Draymond Jones coming up, Shelby re-signed for one year, and then, of course, Mike Purcell. One of the players they cut today was a defensive lineman, uh, Joel Heath, the 
vested veteran, three years in the league, former Houston Texan, the big nose tackle. That kind of thinned the herd if you're Demarcus Walker looking for a seat at the table. But, man, there's a lot of people to feed this year on the D-line. They're going to have some tough decisions to make. And it has the feeling – I don't want to get out over our skis because nothing's confirmed. We let, This just came out right before we went live. I haven't called. I haven't talked to anybody. It's just the headline, Zach – Demarcus Walker posts cryptic tweet on the day the Broncos are making cuts, and we know they still have two more to go by 2 p.m. tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, this I was going to say that it can apply to anything. It doesn't have to be about football, but look at the timing of the tweet, Chad. After the Broncos made a round of cuts with all everything going on right now, him seeing the writing on the wall, I, I just think he's aware enough. He's been around the league long enough now to know the NFL is a business, and his time in Denver might be coming to an end. If he wanted to force a trade, though, is this not the best way to go about it? Because it would kind of sink any trade value. Why would a team give up a sixth-round, seventh-round pick for a disgruntled player, especially one who's far from a star? It all kind of comes back, though. What an awful 2017 draft class it was for Denver. If they end up moving on from Demarcus Walker, they could cut Jake Butt later this summer. One of the worst draft classes, Chad, I have ever seen in my entire life. Thank God he's rectified that in 18, 19, and 20. Undoubtedly. Really quick, before I forget, I kicked myself yesterday because it was one of our MHH superstars' birthday yesterday. Christian, I don't know if I'm pronouncing your last name correctly, so if I if I botch it, forgive me. De Jesus, de I think it's De Jesus. Either way, Christian, happy birthday, my friend, yes. and congratulations on your career development. Something I, I'm not going to share your personal details. I'll allow you to do that, but everybody knows he's been striving to become a lifeguard. So, happy birthday to you, my friend. Best wishes, and uh, we appreciate you as always. How many candles were on that cake, Chad? Do you know? I think. 23, if I'm not 23. mistaken. Youngin. Yeah. Hope it was so. a great day for you, Christian. Very, very to, happy birthday. To be 23 again. <laughs> what I would what I would do to put my mark on this world. All right, guys. Let's get to uh, some Bronco talk here. First, though, a couple of really quick matters of business. We got to make sure everyone knows how to connect with this. The podcast, the site, MHH, the channel, just continues to grow. Follow us on Twitter. Connect with us there at the podcast, at HuddleUpPod. While you're at it, follow the main account at Mile High Huddle. You can check those two boxes, follow those two accounts. You're not going to miss anything as it relates. The podcast programming, giveaways, news, Broncos, breaking analysis, the whole nine yards. Make sure you follow those two. And a gentle reminder, head on over to huddleuppod.com. Get your swag on if you're in a position to do so. Get yourself one of those football priests, hat, T-shirts, hoodies, mugs, face masks, little something for everybody if you're in a position to do so. It's a great way to support what we are doing here at MHH. And if you're not in a position, these three things, each and every one of you listening to this podcast, whether it's live with us now or after the fact as an on-demand episode, make sure you've subscribed, make sure you like the video or the episode, and then share it out there if you really love what Zach and I are doing for you on the daily. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent 
Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. All right, Zach. I want to get to some of these. John, I don't know if you have the first um, super brought up, but I just want to welcome in those who've been hanging out in the chat stream here. We've got Glenn. We got Terry. We got Dennis. We got Douglas. It's good to see all you guys. EDJ. Welcome in, everybody. So the names, first and foremost, let me pull up this article, and then we will break it down here. Bear with me one second. Let me do a quick share screen. We'll go through and read these together. Uh, where is it at? Broncos cut eight players. So before we get to this, let me break down the decision the Broncos were faced with today. So we touched on this yesterday. For whatever reason, the NFL and the NFLPA decided it would be somewhat smarter for teams to be mandated to cut down from 90 currently to 80. And they gave them two uh, deadlines to do so. They could either do it by Tuesday tomorrow at 2 p.m. Mountain Time or they could wait until August 16th to, to cut down from 90 to 80. But if they were to wait till August 16th, they would have to cut their 90-man roster in two. So you'd have two 45-man squads, and the two squads could not be in the building at the same time. We kind of scoffed at it last night. You guys know our feelings on it. It's kind of an arbitrary, weird number. What's the difference between 90 and 80? So unsurprisingly, most teams do not want to separate their teams. They're trying to create unity, and football is the ultimate team sport. So the Broncos, like most teams, they're going to go ahead and make those cuts now. They're going to make those cuts ahead of the Tuesday deadline. And that began today with eight players. Here's who they released, or I should say, here's who they cut. One of them was a release. Zach, I know you're shedding a tear on this one. The undrafted rookie <laughs> quarterback out of Vanderbilt, Riley Neal, was the first name that came across the old wire. Trey Crawford, linebacker, Kelvin McKnight, wide receiver, Kalfani Muhammad, which I know some fans are going to be very disappointed to see that name. Kahani Smith is a safety. Shaquille Taylor is a corner. Nico Fala is a center that we never really saw. He, he arrived as a waiver claim in late 2018 and then suffered a season-ending injury last summer in training camp. And then, as I mentioned earlier, the vested veteran, Joel Heath, the nose tackle. So as we get into this, and we want to, of course, we want all of your thoughts. Let us know in the chat stream how you feel about these, any questions you have. But what was your immediate gut reaction to this particular collection of names? 
Well, I was shedding a tear about Neil because it makes me look bad, Chad. I just predicted on yesterday's pod that he would he would last for a little while, but apparently they, they like Driscoll behind Drew Locke. They like Rippin as a as a project kind of developmental quarterback. The only other name that stood out to me, and like everybody else, is Muhammad. I, I thought he'd be around a little while to push for that RB three spot with Royce Freeman, maybe with even uh, Levante Bellamy. I, I, they must have not seen something that that they like. I thought he had a lot of Philip Lindsay in him in last preseason. I thought he had yep. a lot of play playmaking potential. He's fast. He can catch, he can run well. Um, it's surprising, but you're going to have to deal with these, these rough decisions, these personnel decisions, because you have to cut down the roster in such an unspecified way, kind of out of nowhere. They want to get ahead on these cuts and uh, you know, too many running backs in the stable got to release one. But other than that, that's literally the only surprise. These are all other Jags on the list. I got to be honest with you. I was excited to see what Shaquille Taylor could do with the Broncos. We never really got a chance to see what his offering might be. Kelvin, go ahead and put put um, Mundungus back on, John. Let's grab him. We'll we'll get to that here in a sec. Mundungus jumps in, bona fide superstar. Really appreciate you, my friend. You. Our thoughts and our prayers have been with you yes. and your family and uh, what's going on, as you shared last night. We'll leave that up to you to discuss anything further, but – Really appreciate the super. He's got a question here, Zach. He says, would someone please explain to me, maybe rhetorical here, how we let Muhammad go but kept Jeff Hireman? WTF, John. I don't know. So Hireman, for whatever reason, it's not just because he's a third-round pick. He Elway has a soft spot for Jeff Hireman. I don't know what it is particularly because, <laughs> I mean – Broncos fans know what kind of impact this guy's made. He's about as average of a fifth-year, sixth-year tight end as there gets in the NFL, and he's getting paid over, you know, what is it, four, $4 million and change, I think, for, for 2020. So he was a guy I expected if they were going to make early cuts before August 16th, I really did expect him to be one of the names. And there's still an outside chance it could be Hireman, one of the two names remaining between now and tomorrow at two. But your thoughts here from Mundunga, seeing that Kalfani Muhammad – who joined the Broncos last year as a as a signee? He was, a, I think, he was a giant seventh round pick the year prior. Really flashed in. I wouldn't say he had quite like a Philip Lindsay level impact that preseason, but still flashed, produced some some explosive plays, and they kept him on the practice squad for a reason. Well, one thing that I noticed about this list, there's no veteran players yet, Chad. So obviously the Broncos don't want to have to make those cuts just yet. I can't explain Jeff Hireman. I think he should have been gone the moment they signed Nick Vanette this offseason. They could have released him last year when they had when they drafted Noah Fant. I don't know what it is. I don't know what kind of pictures Hireman has of John Elway and Joe Ellis, but they must be pretty enticing. I'm looking at the, the Broncos salary cap right now. They would clear after dead money over $3.2 million in cap savings. Clear. They were in their pocket if they were just released Jeff Hireman. I do not know what they're waiting for. He has no place on this roster. He has no future with the team. He's as jag as jag gets. So, Mundungus, I am right there with you. I'm hoping it's going to happen soon, but the longer he's on the roster and these days go by, I just don't know anymore. There's one tight end roster spot up for grabs, best-case scenario. I mean, Jeff Hireman no longer has any practice squad eligibility left. Pretty sure that's that ship has sailed and we know that Noah Fant, Nick Vanette, and Alberto, those three are locks for this roster, barring just a complete falling on the face of Alberto or Vanette this year, which is this summer. It's just not going to happen. There's one spot if they choose to keep four. You got Hireman, who's in a contract year and being paid probably more than he's really worth on the open market. Jake Butt 
if he ends up staying healthy, is is the guy that you were dreaming about as as a front office being your number two long term tight end next to Noah Fant. And then you've got another draft pick in Troy Fumagalli that still you need to investigate in a perfect world what his upside might be and his impact. Andrew Beck, he ha- he made some solid plays for the team last year, proved to be very versatile, tough, and just freaking handy to have in a tight pinch. So of all those n- names, and Austin Ford as well, Hireman is the one that brings the least amount of sizzle to the table. He can catch the ball. I've seen him make a few like stud type of plays in the in terms of not like big plays where he's you know going 80 yards down the field like Noah Fant, but catches a quick out and trucks a dude with a stiff arm straight to the ground. We've seen that happen once or twice, but nothing to really write home about. And if I'm not mistaken, I think they happened in the preseason. So of all the players, Jeff Hireman, I guess they're just holding on for dear life, Zach. They're just putting off that decision until they absolutely have to because – He's one of John Elway's boys. I can't remember if it was 2017 or 2018, but he had a long touchdown catch against the Colts. It was a primetime mm-hmm. game. I don't. I can't remember. That was the only play that 17. ever stood out to me. 17 uh, in the Jeff Hireman, uh, you know, era. I give me the guy though, an Andrew Beck who plays tight end and fullback. He he's going to make six hundred and seventy five thousand dollars this year, compared to over three point eight. For, for Jeff Hireman. Give me Beck. Give me that guy over Hireman. I see no use keeping him around anymore. And the longer he's on the roster, to me, it's delaying the inevitable. He's going to be a goner. J- Jake Bud is never going to step up. He can't magically have healthy knees again. That ship has sailed a while ago. You have younger players who offer more on the roster. Hireman doesn't do anything. I don't know why he's still there. So, Mondungus, your guess is as good as mine. Speaking of Christian, he jumped in on Super. Really appreciate that, my friend. And again, happy belated birthday to you. He says, hey, guys, going out to dinner with my family for a late birthday. Just wanted to show some love. Well, happy birthday, man, and give our best to your family. Celebrate it. Have yourself a good dinner. Steve jumping in on Super Chat, one of our superstars. Yeah, he's excited for Wednesday. We're looking forward to talking with you. We'll uh, be in touch. We'll DM you exactly kind of the process and what to expect but it's no big deal man you're going to be on the podcast with us you've seen how we do it we're just going to be talking talking broncos talking football like three dudes at the water cooler or sitting at the bar at happy hour it's, it's no big deal it's going to be a gas sack yeah and steven's hit us up on twitter multiple times chad i know he's so excited i know we're excited these super chat superstar wednesday series these uh, little segments we had are, are becoming wildly popular and we love giving back to the broncos fan base we love interacting with the broncos fan base putting faces to the names and voices to the names steven we're both very very much excited to talk to you on wednesday this is the overtime podcast network not long ago everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. 
Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's see. Yeah. So this will be the sixth installment. And then next week we're bringing on Terry for number seven. Can't wait. It's going to be fun. All right, real quick. Let me get back here to this list. I want to see if there's anything else that really jumps out to us here. You know, I think you and I differed a little bit on Riley Neal. I think that when it comes to Brett Rippon, he lost his biggest voice, his biggest supporter, when the Broncos moved on from Rich Gangarello, I think that record-setting guaranteed money he got as a college free agent last summer was lar- due in large part to Rich Gangarello being enamored by his four years of sample size at Boise State and just just his production. Even though it wasn't you know blow the doors down production, he was steady, he was accurate, he was e- efficient and effective as a quarterback. And he was reliable. He was trusty. He, he throws with touch. He throws with accuracy. He doesn't have the Drew Locke caliber arm talent. He has to use his noggin more so than his natural athletic gifts. But there's more than one way to skin the cat, and he proved that at Boise State. Now, whether or not that's something that could have any kind of lasting staying power at the NFL level remains to be seen. But that was really a rich Scangarello move. But I think the fact that they're moving on from Neil and not – Rippon suggests that he does have some Rippon, some some supporters in the clubhouse still at Dove Valley. Riley Neal, to me, was always kind of a head scratcher. All of my study on him and my research on him, watching his film, I didn't see, Zach, anything in him other than really just a, a camp yeah. arm. And where the rules are so different this year in terms of how, you know, when to make the cuts and what kind of practices. And I mean, they're going to be waiting three weeks basically before they really have real seven-on-sevens and real team drills. Might as well rip that Band-Aid off now and send Neil packing. Yeah, the thing with Rippon, which you're 100% right about, Chad, he, he's been around Drew Locke. He's been around the Broncos locker room, the players. I mean, Lisi has some skin in Denver, whereas Riley Neal, if there was ever a year where it was impossible for an undrafted free agent to make a roster, it's this year. And he was an unfortunate cut in what's going to be a lot of unfortunate cuts around the NFL. I just thought maybe in a little secret little camp battle, they'd have a, a third quarterback battle competition up in the air. I thought maybe he can make Rippon a better quarterback by pushing him, but obviously the Broncos think differently. And like you said, maybe there's some investment to Rippon as that project for Pat Shermer, you know, as a project that's stationed well behind his number one priority. And that's true luck. You know, we've talked about the fact that for Pat Shermer, you know, bringing the spread offense, that it's great for Drew Locke because that's, that's what he knows. He's comfortable in the spread, but Eric Trickle has talked about this, that it's also a really good thing for a guy like Rippon because it does spread out the ball or spread out the defense more creates, ostensibly bigger windows for him to throw to and that plays to a to the strengths of a guy who you know doesn't have the strongest arm in the world and has to throw with more anticipation and accuracy and really know the routes and really know the coverage and as someone I mean I've talked with Brett Rippon quiet confidence he's not that 
bombastic, and I wouldn't quite call Drew Locke bombastic personality, but Drew Locke walks into a room, all eyes are on Locke, he captivates everybody, he's, he's got that it factor, whereas Brett Rippon, he's a little more quiet confidence. If you got a question on what that one play call is on page number 922 of the playbook, <laughs> he knows what it is, and that's really what a backup's job is to do, and I don't think he showed enough last year for the Broncos to feel comfortable as him being the fail-safe for Locke, hence Driscoll coming in, but they're not quite ready yet to turn the page on Rippon just because he showed so well in that Boise State scheme, some West Coast philosophies going on there for the Boise State Broncos. And even though Shermer's scheme, Zach, is more spread-oriented, a lot more shotgun looks, a lot more single back, three wide, he does utilize it's built on the bones of the West Coast offense as a as a in the same way that Andy Reid. He's an acolyte of Andy Reid in the same way that Andy Reid's is based off of the West Coast as well. So, you know, that that bodes well, I think, for Brett Rippon if he can find a way to shine this summer without any, any preseason action. Yeah, a lot of Trevor Simeon in Brett Rippon. And yeah. you know what? You might not want to have Trevor Simeon start for you, but you can do a lot worse than having Simeon as your backup quarterback or number three quarterback. So if, if that's going to be his ceiling in the NFL, I think Shermer on the Broncos would gladly take that. All right. So Trey, I'm, I'm trying to rack my brain here. Trey Crawford, I mean, I think he was signed in January as a futures type guy. Was he a former Atlanta Falcon, I want to say? He really didn't get a chance to gel with the coaches because there was no off-season training program. He had virtual meetings and virtual team stuff, but nothing on the field with his coaches. I mean, today, literally, today, Monday, was the first time coaches in that building got any kind of a chance to get hands-on a player, a player in the calendar year of 2020. So for a guy like Trey Crawford, who came in and was gone, as I mean, just like that, he just there was no opportunity for him to build a case for himself with absolutely no offseason whatsoever. Outside linebacker or inside linebacker? I think he's <clears throat> off ball. I think he was an off ball uh, linebacker. I was going to say if he's an OLB, yeah, he had no shot in this uh, in this depth chart. And even an inside linebacker, you know, Justin Sternod there. They have Hollins who can play inside. They have Davis. They have Johnson. They have some younger guys that they like in that position. And like I mentioned earlier, it, it's really hard in a normal year for an undrafted free agent to crack the final roster. That's why it's so amazing what John Elway has done year in and year out, finding not just starters, but star players as undrafted guys. This year, it's damn near impossible. No practices, no training camp, just a three-week three acclimation period, and then a padded practice, and then the regular season's around the corner. So it sucks for Crawford, sucks for these guys, but that's the nature of the business in 2020. Holden Adams wants to know on YouTube, what's your guess on the next two cuts? He says, I'm thinking Hireman or Butt. <laughs> I'll be one. honest with you. I'll be surprised if it ends up being Hireman, and I'll be surprised if it's Butt. Even though it's fun to like talk about bubble players, like veterans who probably are on the bubble. We had a couple articles that Bob Morris wrote at milehighhuddle.com over the weekend that are, was on that very topic. The reality is this time of year, it's usually those back – 5% guys at the bottom of the roster that are on the outside looking in. So unless it ends up being a guy like DeMarcus Walker with that cryptic tweet where they're just ripping the Band-Aid off now, I do expect it to be someone that's, you know, futures-type practice squad caliber type guy. Everyone else, they want more time to get an evaluation in. 
I'm going to go Kyle Pecco, if only because the Broncos historically have cut him over and over and over again. They don't really need another defensive tackle. They have plenty on the roster. Uh, the next cut is going to come from a position where the Broncos just don't need that guy. I'm looking at the depth chart right now, this 90-man depth chart. Jeremy Cox, fullback. They might not even carry a fullback. So to have two on the roster right now is excess. So either Pecco, and this is just a blind guess on my part, Pecco or Jeremy Cox will be among the next round of cuts fairly soon. Too obvious. Yeah, I mean, I, I would not bet against that myself. Pecco, I've never understood why the Broncos keep bringing him back. I just, <laughs> I've, I've never seen it. I mean, he was okay at Oregon State. But other than the fact that he is Domita Pecco's nephew, I want to say, or is it cousin? Cousin, yeah. But blood relation. I've never really understood what the draw is for Pecco. Although with Joel Heath getting the boot, they do need someone with some girth for nose tackle. I mean, they've got a bunch of five tech defensive ends. You got Shelby, you got Jarrell Casey, you got Covington, you've got Draymond, you've got Demarcus Walker. Behind Mike Purcell, the only guy that's got enough heft to really plausibly hold down the nose and be that pivot is Kyle Pecco. So I, I don't know. I don't know. I've never understood it, but at the same time, you don't really, because you released Heath, you don't really have a backup nose tackle now. I mean, God, I'm willing to even roll with a gene as the backup nose tackle behind Purcell. I mean, he has the the weight for it. He can add, he can bulk up. I, I just will not keep around Kyle Pecco because like you said, Chad, he's not Domata. He's really an average ordinary player who's never really shown me much. I don't know why he keeps coming back to Denver. It's like a, it's like a certain illness or a rash they can't get rid of. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, let's grab this here quickly from Kenneth. He says, did you guys see that the 11 Miami Marlins uh, tested positive? They had to cancel their game. Yeah, we did see that. Again, if you guys have not checked this out, it's up. If you go to milehighhuddle.com right now and scroll to go to the community, click on the uh, community tab, it's two or three posts down. There's a video there that I posted that's from the Broncos website that follows Bradley Chubb through the entire new process that they have just to enter the building, whether you're a player or a coach, but this, this, in this case, it's following a player from the test to all the fail safes and the protocols and the social distancing and the upgrades and the different things they've done. It is exhaustive and it is comprehensive. And then today, Zach, Patrick Smythe, I mean, this shows you the detail that these teams are putting into place. The PR director in Denver, Patrick Smythe, let me see if I can find this really quickly without bogging the pod down too much. One second. This is going to be worth. The wristband thing? Yeah. Okay. It's really cool. So I am going to really quick here. I'm going to do a share screen so you guys can see this because I think some fans are having some anxieties now with what's happened with the Marlins. Let's go ahead and exercise those demons. We are your football priests. That's part of our duties here. So check this out, guys. This is from Patrick Smythe today, Denver's PR czar. He says, quote on Twitter, starting today, every Broncos player, coach, and football staffer will wear uh, Connexon safe zone tags around their wrists for social distancing warnings and contact tracing information. So the point being for this, I can only assume, I haven't really researched it completely yet, but it's just another piece of the puzzle that shows how comprehensive their plan is. That if, let's say, Brett Rippon walks in, gets his daily test, and comes up positive. Well, they're going to utilize the information. of the, It's like a tracking 
think basically, right? Like how your phone pings uh, the satellites and can tell like if detectives, if you're, if you're being investigated for something everywhere you've been similar to that, this can tell the team and, you know, the medical staff, if they have reason to research it or to, to deduce it for contact tracing purposes, who you've been exposed to, who you've come into contact with in an effort to batten down the hatches and minimize any kind of further infection or risk to infection within the club. Zach, I'm telling people this because there's no perfect system, all right? There's no perfect way, even the NBA with the bubble. I mean, I've heard some things about just um, what's what's the word? Uh, dating proclivities, okay, that they've tried bending the rules. Even in a bubble, which so far so good for the NBA, even in the bubble, if a player wants to break protocol or go against his CBA and invite, do something risky to invite it in, they're going to do that, and there's nothing these leagues can do to completely forestall it. So you have to have a plan for after the fact, Zach. You have to have a plan. What are you going to do if, when, someone walks in with a positive? And I think the Broncos at this stage have done about everything you can think of from a preventative measure and then also from a, okay, someone tests positive, now what perspective? Yeah, you're never going to cur- curtail the the CV completely, Chad. You're never going to have a hundred percent success rate in battling this issue. Um, and a bubble wouldn't work in the NFL. They would need about four or five different bubbles. It's not the NBA. It's not hockey. They can't do that in this sport. The Broncos have been out on Front Street, Chad, every step of the way. They've been cutting edge. This is one thing I really like about them. They are always ahead of the game in these. Uh, in these issues with everything they do, not even just for safety, with everything they introduce, it's always so uh, sound. It's always so cutting edge, top of the game. I, I want to say, though, ab- about the Marlins issue, there's a little overreaction. I feel like, yeah, it- it's bad for the sport. Yeah, it's irresponsible that those players were allowed to play, and it's bad for business. But these guys now, same as the NFL, they're being tested every single day, sometimes multiple times every single day. With more testing comes more cases. This is just a fact and a reality. So everyone's up in arms. Cancel baseball. Cancel football. Cancel yeah. the world. It, it's, it's it's going to happen. You're going to see more and more positive results in the NFL over the next week and two weeks. It doesn't mean they're going to shut down the sport. They're going to keep playing. But these overreactions, Chad, the hand-wringing, the, the, the pulling out the hair over these every little piece of news that pops up, it's not great, but it's very, very much anticipated. None of this, to me, was a huge surprise. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. No, not at all. And I mean, even like in the case of the Marlins, you quarantine those guys. Maybe you can't play short term. You reschedule it as doubleheader later on in the season. Like there are ways to get it done. The again, getting back to the whole panic stricken fear porn aspect of this. We want sports to happen. There's a way to get around it. There's a way to make it happen. But part of it, too, is people have – I'm not saying be blind to reality. I'm not saying being blind to, to data. But people need to try and have some optimism here. People need to try and have that mindset of find a way, make a way. And that's what the NFL is doing. That's why I – I mean, Roger Goodell today, for example, posted a uh, statement <laughs> or put out a statement that I think was his way of kind of acknowledging what's going on with MLB's little breakout today, but also showing – plainly the NFL's resolve to continue with their season to do it the best way they can. He says, quote, while this year will forever be defined by a heartbreaking global pandemic and a transformative social justice movement, I am reminded of the tenacious, resilient spirit of our country, the NFL community, and you, the greatest fans in the world, close quote from Roger Goodell. So the NFL is going to continue to kind of take the fiery darts of those who would rather, for whatever strange reason, don't ask me why. Would rather sports just disappear and everybody just hide in their house from now until eternity. <laughs> the NFL, they're going to stand up and take those fiery darts. And I think they're going to end up kind of paving the way for some innovations that if this thing, let's say the V word doesn't come soon enough. I think I could say that actually. Vaccine doesn't come soon enough. This They might be setting standards and creating new protocols now, Zach, that all the leagues can follow in times to come. Yeah, translation from Goodell's statement is pandemic or not, uh, the show goes on. Business has to be done, the games have to be played, and we're going to continue pushing through until we can't push through anymore. And you know what, Chad? I've been one of Roger Goodell, I'm sure you have as well, his biggest critics. He's done a lot of crappy things for the sport over his, his reign in the NFL. But this can redefine his legacy in the game of football. If he emerges from this pandemic and the sport survives and it's the only sport that has a mostly intact season or a mostly profitable season, they're going to look to him, just as you said, as the new uh, deity among commissioners in in the sports world. I mean, he can really redefine a lot of things, uh, socioeconomic, sports-wise, business-wise. It's on his shoulders right now. And you know what? I understand player safety. Obviously, that's important. These players have families. They have friends. They're people. But the NFL is going on. They're too big of a business. People are too invested. And he knows his consumers, Chad, they need this. We talk about it all the time. We need this escape. We need sports back in our lives. We need football this fall to look forward to. And he realizes that, whereas other commissioners like uh, Adam Silver just pander to the players. If one thing Goodell hasn't done is pander to the players throughout all this. Look, I'll be honest. He's easy to hate. He's the commissioner the pejorative ginger hammer as he's known, right? I have actually been very impressed by the way he's managed the CV crisis as the Same. commissioner of the league. So I'm going to get, I'm going to tip my cap to him in this case. I'm going to give him credit where credit is due. 
Derek Green jumping in, Bonafide Superstar. Really appreciate you, Derek. Thank and you, by Derek. the way, I didn't hear from you yesterday. You got to send me that email. Go to the website. Just pick out what you want. You don't go through the shopping cart or buy anything. Just tell us what you want from the from huddleuppod.com, merch-wise, swag-wise. And then shoot me an email, milehighhuddle at gmail.com, what you want with your physical shipping address, and we'll get that coming your way since you won the, the giveaway yesterday. Derek says, showing love and support. We appreciate you guys. Hashtag Denver Broncos for life. Derek and his wife, Adina, really appreciate you, my friend. Thank you. KP, look, he's got it. He got the hat. KP was one of the winners, if not last week, the week before. Actually, I think it was the week before because I spaced getting this thing shipped out. Sadly, the orange hat doesn't fit his dome. It is small. It's a flex fit. I I don't think it's technically a small in terms of size, but it is small. And I don't think it's going to rock such a glorious bald dome that KP rocks. But he's showing it. He's flaunting it right here. And uh, just know that it's it's a relic. It's a one of a. It's the last of its kind. Only twelve of those hats were made up, and I think only three of them were orange. And that was the last one, whether orange or blue. So you got a you got yourself a like Zach and I got some keepsakes yesterday from Duke Boynton. You got yourself a little keepsake there. So appreciate. It. He says the orange hat is here. Thanks, fellas. Appreciate you, KP. Uh, Mike Evans rocking his hashtag football priest T-shirt and. It might be hard for some of you to see here in the background behind him. That's in power field at mile high. That, ladies and gentlemen, is a bona fide superstar and a hardcore Broncos fan. Mike Evans, we appreciate you, my Thank friend. You. He says, I've seen Demarcus Walker flash too. I guess we got to have faith in Vic Fangio and Bill Kolar. Appreciate y'all. Yeah, I mean, it's true, Zach, that – you know, if he ends up flaming out in Denver, and I guess if the best predictor of future behavior is, is past behavior, he's probably going to flame out. But it's not for lack of potential. That dude has right. the physical ability and just that knack for making plays in the league. Whatever he's lacking, it's between the years. It's somewhere in the, on the character spectrum more so than I think even like football IQ or football smarts. It's just something's missing in the equation for Demarcus Walker. And I wish I could tell you exactly what it was because the Broncos needed to get something out of that second-round pick more than just six sacks over you know, three years. Yeah, it's Marcus Walker is afflicted by what we know as Paxson Lynch syndrome. It's just he has the physical talent, he has the upside, and never put it together. And that's just what it's going to be for him in Denver. And I would, I would doubt Fangio's decision here if he does cut him, but this is two coaching staffs now. It's Vance Joseph and it's and it's uh, Vic Fangio. But Bill Collar has been the line coach through both, so maybe he doesn't get along with him. And if you don't cut it with Bill Collar, Chad, you're not going to survive in Denver. It's, it's simple as that. Absolutely. <clears throat> Absolutely true. Most of his his uh, pupils, Bill Kalar, clash with him at first and then grow to love him. There's been one or two, though, that just can't find that common ground. He's he's like a drill sergeant. W.E. jumping in on super. Appreciate that, W.E., very much so. Uh, are you guys worried about the season? Excuse me. Uh, are you worried about the season after what has happened to the Marlins and Major League Baseball? I'm afraid a bubble is the only way that we could have a season. Zach, I'll tell you, I'm not worried about it. I mean, it's a uh, defined worry. Am I concerned? Is it something uh, to, to be aware of and to monitor closely? Absolutely. Am I sitting up at night in my bed, shaking back and forth, worrying about it? No. And I'm a worry wart. Like I do worry a lot about things I probably shouldn't. You know, the old idea that, you know, if, if you can't 
um, you know, if you can't change it yourself or whatever, I can't remember the phrase. I just had a, a brain fart on it, but you're not supposed to worry about it. I'm not a guy that easily can just shuck those things off. If, if something's on my mind and I worry about it, I really worry about it. This isn't something I'm worried about. Okay. It's something to be concerned about. If anything, Zach, I think the NFL needs to come up with a more comprehensive plan fail safe wise for the quarterback situation, because I think they can find a way to have a rash of outbreaks in almost every position group and still get by for two weeks, but the quarterbacks, and I don't know what the solution, perfect solution might be other than Zach actually quarantining quarterbacks completely from each other and from the team. Other than that, I think you can overcome every obstacle that this thing can throw at you, especially with how comprehensive. I mean, the Broncos are one of 12 teams that have received their uh, approval from the NFL for their infectious disease, you know, changes and protocols and things that they did. And they've been lauded by the Colorado state department of health. I mean, they're, they've done a great job. I hope the other 31 teams. Well, yeah, I guess 31 teams. I was going to say the other 11 teams too are up there with the Broncos having already been approved, but I hope the other 31 teams can kind of, follow what the Broncos are doing. Cause I think, I mean, I haven't seen another team with as comprehensive a system here as the Broncos. And I think if that could become the new normal, what until we get a vaccine, the NFL is going to be okay. You know, I have so much respect for what Bruce Arian said today, Chad, and he was very blunt and he was very honest. He said, everyone is going to get sick. And it's just, it comes to managing that. It comes to varying the degrees of the infection. It comes to quarantining where possible. But that's the that's the unfortunate reality. And that's what I was talking about with the Marlins. The more testing, the more cases. It, the more people around these, these athletes, the more positive results you're going to get. It's inevitable. I wouldn't want a quarterback room to be wiped out, though I don't see a bubble being viable. I don't see um, a quarterback quarantine being viable. You have to roll with the punches. Every team knows. 32 teams sent in plans for this season. Every team knows the stakes. It's just like snapping an Achilles or tearing an ACL. It's part of the game this season only. So if it happens, if a quarterback room gets wiped out, it's crappy luck. You got to move on. You got to find a quarterback. You got to find a way to keep winning. It's not ideal. It's not fair. But you know what? Life isn't ideal and life isn't fair. And this CV, Chad, is certainly not fair. It's not fair, but it's also not the end of the world that it's being made out to be in the media. Adina jumping in as well. Really appreciate that, Adina. Thank you. She says on Super Chat, so excited we won the drawing yesterday, and I want a shirt for me, and I'll wear it for us. Love you guys. Thanks for the love. Okay. Do we have more than one female T-shirt? female. I think it's only one, yeah. Okay. So we just need to know the size. Just shoot us an email. We need your address, and we'll get that out to you. So milehighhuddle at Gmail. Adina, really appreciate it. And then, as always, when you guys win – uh, a giveaway, or if you order something off huddleuppod.com, we love it when you send us a selfie and we can shout it out there and show you some love on social media and kind of just hype it up. It's good, good for us, good for you. Appreciate that, Adina. John, where? Uh, let me let me check something. Let me see on my side. Do you got Jeff? Bear with us one second here, Broncos country. There he is. My my chat stream did a jump, so I'm I'm currently thanks. Thankfully, we have John on top of things, Bona Beast, and uh, we can actually put the the super chats on screen. Jeff C, who's been with us a long time, great listener, great member of this community, superstar. He says it's exciting to see how the Broncos will fare with all the new players 
we hopefully are going to witness the rebirth of an explosive Denver offense. Yeah, man. I mean, we're, we're inching closer to being able to see that actually come out in the wash, Zach. Brian Billick, who was the architect of one of the all-time most notable missing ring teams, the 1998 Vikings offense that should have gone to the Super Bowl 33 to play the Broncos, but just picked a bad day to have a terrible game right. in the NFC title game and it ended up being the Falcons that went. He got a head coaching job out of that and led the, the uh, Baltimore Ravens to the Super Bowl two years later, did Billick. Even though his offenses in Baltimore, Zach, never amounted to diddly squat, he was always considered to be one of the top offensive minds in the NFL and a, and a quarterback whisperer. And what he had to say about uh, Pat Shermer, what he brings to the table for Drew Locke and what it means for Drew Locke. He, he was on 104.3 The Fan, I want to say, late last week. And our uh, Keith Cummings had an article on that today. I suggest you guys go check it out, what Billick had to say about Shermer. But long story short, Zach, yes. This Denver offense has a chance to be special this year. And, and Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. We're getting closer to seeing it actually come out in the wash. You know what? If if Drew Locke doesn't succeed this year, Chad, it's not because the Broncos didn't do everything in their power to help him get to that level. I mean, surrounding him with the coaching staff, the players, the right mindset, the confidence in building around Locke and Locke only. But Shermer, I wasn't crazy about moving on from Scangarello at first. I thought it was a little knee-jerk, impulsive. But to get Pat Shermer, to get Shula as the quarterback's coach, I'm right there with you, Jeff. I'm excited as well. I mean, he has everything at his feet, everything behind him, all the support, tangible, intangible. I am so excited to see, even if it's sloppy, Chad, the first couple weeks of the season, like we've been predicting. I'm so excited to see what Drew Locke's career arc could look like when it's all said and done with Pat Shermer 
calling the plays and this and this supporting cast catching passes. KP jumping back in. Appreciate that, my friend. He says, y'all are the pros, but if we cut Muhammad early, don't teams have 10 days before we can reclaim onto the practice squad again? Maybe number seven sneaking. Now, in this case, you throw those those rules out the window. The, the regular season rules with regard to waiver, the waiver wire is different. Um, as it stands today, anyone that hits the waiver wire goes through the claim process, goes through the waiver order priority list. Uh, but there's no 10-day window deadline governing anything. And so in the case of Muhammad, I mean, there is no practice squad right now because there's no 53-man roster that's been formed. So it's it, they're cutting down to 80. In Muhammad's case, where he's cut this early in the in the in the training camp, he's not coming back. Like he's done. Now, one thing that you'll see front offices doing at this time, Zach, is keeping an eye out on the transaction list of all the different names that are getting waved around the league and seeing if they're, you know, number 79 or 80 player is better than a name that's just hitting the wire. Yeah, they didn't cut uh, Muhammad with the practice squad in mind for the reason you just laid out. There's no practice squad yet. There's barely a roster. There's barely a training camp. There's no preseason. Everything's up in the air. They cut him because they don't see a future. They might like Bellamy. They might like Royce Freeman. They might like the running backs they have. They might call Muhammad down the line if he doesn't get a job and there's an injury. We don't know, but they didn't cut him to stash him again. They cut him because they're genuinely moving on at this point in time from his services. All right, let's grab here. Dennis jumping in. Really appreciate that super chat, my friend. He says, any surprises from the cuts, either those cut or those not cut? I'm betting one of the two tomorrow will be Hireman or Butt. Really a lot of focus on on the tight ends at this stage, and understandably so by fans because it really is a log jam there. It's a who's who of former John Elway draft picks on that depth chart, but no real surprises. I mean – Disappointed to see Muhammad go. Honestly, I would have probably guessed that Cox would have been the one. If, if they were going to wave a running back early, I would have guessed that it would have been Jeremy Cox if you had asked me that yesterday. So in that sense, Muhammad was a surprise, but he wasn't a shock. It's not a shock to see a practice squad level guy go at any point. However, Joel Heath was a surprise to me just because who do you have as a bona fide depth nose tackle that actually has the, you know, the – size requirements to to be that pivot peco is really the only guy that has it as you said there are other guys you could pigeonhole into it but they have to put on weight they have to learn a new position the nose tackle demands are different than the five tech demands they're it's just a different animal so i was a little bit surprised to see heath but none of them were complete shocks that Right. Yeah. I mean, Heath, he could have stuck around, but like we mentioned, they have uh, just a, an enormous uh, log jam on, along the defensive line. They don't know where some of these players are going to play just yet if they play at all this year, like Ajim. Um, Muhammad was a surprise, but on the other hand, they have Freeman, you know, they have Bellamy, who they like. They have Lindsey and Gordon. That's not a total shock. I wasn't, you know, grabbing my hair in, in total surprise. Um, none of these cuts, Chad. There's a reason why these are the first wave, and every first wave of every year, it's always the bottom of the barrel guys, the jag guys, the guys who have no future. It's unfortunate, but that's just the way it is. I hate to say it. It is the way of the world. Zach's Web Design jumping in, one of our superstars in the community. Yes, really you. appreciate you, my friend. He says, just because I want to, thank you for being such passionate, wonderful people. Ah, shucks. Thanks, Zach. Appreciate thank you, my friend. 
And we look forward to seeing uh, in its final form what you are working on behind the scenes. We'll talk more about that down the road. It's a little bit of a surprise. But thank you, Zach. Terry, north of the 49th parallel up in Canada, proving, as always, that Broncos country is not a geographic location. It is a state of being. He says, beautiful day in the backyard, cold beer, and Broncos. Can I ask for more? Hashtag football priest, hashtag state of being. Now, that's a that's a perspective that I can get behind. Appreciate you, Terry. Yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty idyllic to me, Chad. Amen. And Zeus from on high, as always, just blowing us away with his uh, steadfast support of this channel, this podcast, MHH. Zeus McPeak, as, as he is known here in this community, appreciate you, man. He says, hi, all. Things are getting exciting. I know. You know, that's one thing that we have to say, Zach, is even though it's eight guys that are bubble practice squad caliber that hit the bricks today, we had news to talk about. We have actual football processes taking place, and it gives us something to sink our teeth into. And just thank God, Zach, it didn't happen on a Tuesday when we're off. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Uh, tomorrow, Chad, I can't wait to find out that, you know, they trade Von Miller. They trade Justin Simmons tomorrow. Something's going to happen. But no, yeah, Stu, you're right. I'm so, so, so happy. Football's around the corner. We have a training camp. The NFL worked it out with the union. Things are getting going. Things are ramping up. The fact that players will be in Del Valley this week, they'll be in the facility this week after four months of the worst non-sports related, you know, uh, uh, issues going on, everything. It, it's been it's been a blast talking real football, Chad, and not the same CV-related topics over and over and over. I mean, we're happy to sit up, as you guys saw, for all those weeks from basically, you know, the honeymoon period following the draft. You got about a two- or three-week w- window when fans want to talk about the draft picks and how they fit in and their strengths and their weaknesses and all that. But when that bloom falls off the rose, traditionally you got a couple of weeks of downtime, then it's rookie minicamp, then it's OTAs, and you're kind of back into a swing of things. And then you get a six-week break after the third phase of OTAs where it is the dead time on the NFL calendar before training camp where fans, the surface-level fans, kind of tune out. And that six weeks for us because of CV this year has been almost three months. And Zach and I, we don't say that. to We're not crying any rivers over here. We're not asking you to feel sorry for us. We love sitting up here when there's nothing happening out on the grass and talking Broncos, talking football, engaging with you guys in the community and talking about future considerations and what we're going to see and just spitballing the whole thing. But it's just really nice when we actually have something to seek our teeth into. Yeah, seriously. And you know, Chad, not long from now, it'll be real live, regular season football after what feels like four years, not four months. I just know I'm so excited. No matter what happens this season, Chad, truncated, no fans. I don't care. Just bring on the football. (laughs) Amen to that. All right. Let me see what else we got here. Appreciate you, Stu. From Mundungus, jumping back in, showing some (laughs) generosity. Really appreciate you, bro. He says, all right, Zach, I just sent Chad a book to add to the collection. (laughs) Bookcase is still looking a little depressed. What you need, my guy? You, you know what, Mundungus? I was actually perusing your website. You actually, I was going to DM you. You have some cool options on there. I'll hook up with you. I'll, I'll uh, get in contact and we'll, uh, we'll do some business. I want to help, you know, stock the bookshelf. Duke is helping out with that initiative. Chad, Zach's books fund yep. is taking off, and I'm, I'm pleased as punch about that. You know, it's cool. Mundungus told me privately that several 
members of the MHH community have checked out his website for his bookstore or his Facebook page or what have you and uh, have ordered some stuff. And it's just for us to hear that that's exactly what we're, we're about with this community taking, uh, taking care of, (laughs) taking care of each other. There's an out of context uh, comment. They're talking about, I think, because I said girth more than once on today's pod, talking about the nose tackles. Men of girth, right? They're uh, they're riffing on that a little bit, having some fun, and I don't blame them. But listen, Mundungus, it's cool to hear that uh, members of the community are patronizing your business. And that's what we want to do. And if you guys have a business, let us know what it is. And if you got a site or something, as long as it doesn't, you know, as long as it's family friendly and it doesn't have to do with certain things that aren't family friendly, we're happy to to share it around and get you some eyeballs and do what we can to help you out. All right. Let me see where are we at. We're at 54 minutes. We got a little bit of time left here. Bear with me one second. Let me scroll up here. Just speaking of one, there's, there's one I haven't seen for a minute. Discount audio and wheels DA dub jumping in. It's been a minute. Good, my to, friend. See Good to see you. Yeah. Thanks as always for your generosity. This is someone who's had, who has a brick-and-mortar business, and the name of it right there in front of you, Discount Audio and Wills. We, if, if we had a website for you, my friend, we would, you should DM me. If you're on Twitter or shoot me an email or put it in the chat stream, we'd be happy to help you plug that and send some business your way, some eyeballs your way if we can. He says, what's up, fellas? Can't wait for the season. Would you consider bringing in more vets on the team to help since – there's no preseason games and we have to start fast and groom all the young talent we have, you know, right now, Zach, the pickings are slim Uh, aside from corners and tackles, which we, we flogged that horse beyond death. I mean, that, that horse is dust now. What really from a veteran perspective, I mean, do you just add a veteran to add a veteran in a, unless it was a, kind of proven off-ball linebacker or a corner or, or tackle. I don't, I'm not really sure you just add veterans to add them. There's plenty of veteran right. leadership in this. In, in, even though it's a young roster, don't get me wrong, D-A-Dub, it is a, a young roster, as you say, but there's some veteran wherewithal in that locker room, Zach. I, I would not add a veteran to the roster that's on a tackle or a cornerback or maybe a safety. The, I, I'm right there with you. I wouldn't add a veteran just to add a veteran. I think the Broncos roster is really mixed well with veterans and, and young players and rookies. I, I would not tinker much to it, but I would like to have more veteran presence at certain positions, offensive line and the secondary being those two. Okay. Let me just quickly see here. <clears throat> Excuse me. Do you have Dave, John? Okay, we'll grab Glenn. See if you have Callie Dave as well. That's It did a jump on me too. Glenn jumping in, bonafide superstar, the man with just the most bad A. I, I know if, if it's in the Bible, I tell the, the podcast host that if it's in the Bible, you can say it live on the podcast. But I sometimes I got to be careful. I don't, I don't like cursing. But this man, Glenn Hauser, has the most badass man cave, Bronco man cave I've ever seen personally. Appreciate you jumping in on Super Chat. As always, Glenn, he says, how did we possibly get Jarrell Casey for a seventh-round pick? Ranked 71st best player in the NFL vote. His highlights are insane. Hashtag state of being. Happy birthday to Christian. You're, you are uh, a sweetie pea. Thanks, Glenn. I agree with you. It doesn't make sense. And that's why even Jarrell Casey, Zach, he was pissed. He had that uh, interview. I can't remember now who the source was who interviewed him, but he talked about how much it – hurt him and angered him 
not just that the Titans basically sold him down the river and traded him, you know, this is where he's been since 2011, but that all he could garner was a seventh round pick. Are you kidding me? And I think he's going to prove really quickly that he's worth a heck of a lot more than that. Even though he's on the wrong side of 30, he's been to five consecutive Pro Bowls. I, I can justify it kind of by saying that the Titans have uh, Jeffrey Simmons on their roster who they're really high on and they wanted to kind of salary dump Gerald Casey's contract on the Broncos or another team. That's the only reason I can think they'll be taking any anything they can get for Gerald Casey, a five-time Pro Bowler. What an amazing acquisition, though, by John Elway to pounce on that, to identify Gerald Casey as a player who's on the block, identifying a five-time Pro Bowler who gives Denver something they haven't had since Malik Jackson, an interior disruptor, a pure pass rusher from the straight up the middle in that defense. I, I don't know how he did it, but it's one of my favorite Elway moves of his general manager tenure. Okay, I agree. I agree. It was definitely a boss move. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna grab here. I got to put him in the old fashioned way because the stream on Dave jumped both for me and for John. Dave Darlington, you see his picture there. His uh, super chat. You're just showing some love. Jumping in, got in late. We'll watch Thank the you, whole pod later. Appreciate you, Dave, and uh, you are a bonafide member of this community and we are happy to have you um let's see where are we at time wise we're at 58 john do you have let me see here i've got oh no we're good we're good kp he says jumping in on super chat again <laughs> i am a biochemist i have the vaccine can i test it on Mahomes and gruden <laughs> how about yeah. chris harris jr while we're at it yeah let's include the chargers in there by the way since you brought up Harris, it made me think of the Chargers, and that made me think of Keenan Allen, who has mm. to be the most diluted <laughs> wide receiver in the NFL. Like, I get that he is – you can argue he's under he's underrated, okay? But to say that he's better than Mike Evans, to say that he's better than Chris Godwin, they got into it a little bit today on, on Twitter, kind of arguing over NFL top 100 rankings and stuff like that. That dude is just delusional. He proved himself to be a, a kind of a – an ass over the years and the way he would bicker with Chris Harris jr. About, you know, Chris can't guard me and he's not worth my time. Meanwhile, one's been to multiple pro bowls. One's got a world championship ring and the other ones, you know, finishes about every other year on injured reserve. Talk about a hashtag ice up son. That's, that's something that Keenan Allen needs to take to heart. But I don't know if you saw that today, him getting into it with the bucks wideouts. I saw he tweeted that he's the best receiver in the AFC West as well. And I'm thinking, did, did Tyreek Hill yeah. die? Did Cortland Sutton die? You're not, even, you're not even the second best wide receiver in your own division, let alone, let alone the best receiver in the NFL. So I like Keenan Allen, Chad. I think he's a pretty good receiver, but he's definitely a, an out there uh, kind of person for sure. Yes, indeed, Duke. Happy to uh, – you guys make our days. So we're happy to return the favor. Yep. Hashtag girth. It is. It has become a thing in the chat stream. Put it on a t-shirt. Right. Let me see here where we're at. I don't want to leave anyone out in the cool. We got, oh, bona fide. Mark Langley jumping in. There he is. Showing up. 11th hour. Checking in. Appreciate you, my friend. He says, just wanted to say what's up, my guys. I'm going to bed. Have a good night. Hashtag football priest. Hashtag huddle up pod MHH. He does have to get up early from what I understand. So, you know, hitting the hay. You got to get those Z's. You got to get in that that beauty sleep, right, Mark? Good to see you, Mark. Though, thank you. As always, 
<laughs> I didn't even see this, Mundungus. I didn't even see this. So you got it, buddy. And I think John took care of that as well. All right, let me see what else we got here. Bear with me one second. We're running out of time. Okay, I grabbed DA Dub. I think Chris, I'm missing Chris, is the only one I think I'm missing. Bear with me. There he is. Appreciate you, my friend, jumping in <laughs> with a $10 super chat. He says, what did I miss? Hashtag girth, apparently. Hashtag click those little thumbs up. <laughs> hey, it's, it's locker room talk, baby. Let's, what, what are you going to do? Appreciate you, Chris. Eclipse, <laughs> Stormborn, jumping in. Bonafide superstar, rocking the football priest T. Watched Silver Linings Playbook, fell asleep on it the first time, but was pretty darn good or pretty good the second time around. Hashtag state of being. You know, it's one of my favorite movies. Like I said, it's it's like a drum drum com or they or dramedy, whatever. Anyway, I just I think it's great. It's got a little just enough of a football aspect to the plot right. that you know, and especially if you're in Philly. I mean, whether you're even if even though Eclipse is not an Eagles fan, as we know, he's a big time Broncos fan. He lives in the culture that is the Philadelphia Eagles fanhood being in Philadelphia. And I'm sure it's something that he could relate to. So I'm glad you got a chance to to see that, my friend. All right, John, am I missing anybody else as we get on the wrong side of the one hour mark here? I don't think so. Nope, I am right here. Terry jumping in. (laughs) Hashtag Zach's book fund. It's getting there. It's getting there. We're going to populate those bookshelves and he's going to read them. He's going to actually read those books. We, we uh, talked about starting a, and it's not going to be anywhere near as boring as it sounds, but we're, we talked about having a book club segment once a week and we are working on getting that, those ducks in, in order, getting on the same page of reading the same books so that when we have our segment, we're both speaking about a chapter or part in the book or whatever segment that we both read and can, and can talk about. And they're only going to be topics that are Bronco related or in a general sense, if they are NFL related, have some kind of something to do with the Broncos or implications on the Broncos. And trust me when I say it's going to be good content, but again, we got to get out of here for tonight. Thank you to each and every one of you for joining us here tonight. We got to give a mile high salute to our super chat superstars who day in and day out, are just so generous and passionate and outgoing in their support for MHH. And we appreciate each and every one of you more than we can say, make sure guys, you are following the podcast on Twitter at huddle up pod. Also at mile high huddle and whatever you do, make sure you're following my partner here and fellow football priest, Zach Kelberman on Twitter at Kelberman NFL. And you can find me at Chad and Jensen and John Buona beast himself at John K MHH on Twitter. Look, we're off tomorrow night, but we'll be back in the saddle Wednesday. We'll have Steve Baumgartner on for our sixth Superstar segment. We look forward to that. And I'm sure Zach will have a lot more to discuss between now and then. Broncos got two more guys to cut, plus whatever happens with camp, plus whatever happens with any potential positive tests because the veterans report tomorrow to begin their first round of the test. Just to remind everybody, every player, so when the vets report tomorrow, they get their first CV test. And then they have to immediately go home and self-quarantine for three days. Then they come back on that third day, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, on the fourth day, excuse me. So what would that be? Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So then they come back Saturday for the second test. If that one also is negative, then they can actually walk through the doors of Dove Valley on Sunday. 
So when we come back Wednesday, there could be news if there are any uh, positive tests on that first go round, Zach. We might have to analyze what those implications are. But it's going to be, uh, you know, we we hate taking a day off, but sometimes we need it to recharge, keep those batteries nice and freshly charged for you guys. And I'm sure us being off tomorrow, there's going to be major breaking news that comes out, Chad, that we're going to have to wait till Wednesday to tackle. But regardless, we'll have something to talk about. We're talking to Stephen Wednesday. It's going to be a great show. We'll see you guys then. Yep. And uh, building the Broncos tomorrow night. Don't forget Nick Kendall, Carl Dumbler. I'm sure they'll have something juicy for you guys and a nice deep dive. So stay tuned for that. But we'll catch you on Wednesday night, 6 p.m. Mountain, 8 p.m. Eastern. Again, sorry for being a little bit late tonight. You guys understand. For Zach Kelberman, I'm Chad Jensen. We will talk to you Wednesday. You've been listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.